Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Luke chapter 20. And in Luke chapter 19, Jesus has made his way uh, through Jericho and he's on his way to, to Jerusalem to die on the cross for our sins. Uh, when he had come into Jericho, he, he was encountered by a blind man who was yelling at him. The people tell him to shut up and keep quiet, but the, the more they told him to be quiet, the, the louder that he yelled and, and he got Jesus' attention and Jesus heals him. A crowd has gathered. This, this crowd is following Jesus through Jericho and then we, we learn of a man, a tax collector named Zacchaeus, who wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because he's short and he couldn't see above the crowds and the crowds wouldn't let him through. And, and so he plans ahead and he sees the, the sycamore tree on down the road and he runs as fast as he can. He climbs up the sycamore tree and because he planned and, and, and because he was uh, persistent, he, he got to see Jesus. And, and Jesus, not only did he get to see Jesus, but Jesus goes to his house and has a meal with him and spends time with him. And he repents of his sins and he says that he's going to give four times the money back that he has taken wrong, wrongfully from people. And then at the end of Luke 19, we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem riding on a donkey which was prophesied uh, by the prophet Zechariah in uh, Zechariah 9. Chapter 9, verse 9. And then Jesus goes in, as he comes into Jerusalem, he, he goes to the temple, and, and the people uh, are basically selling uh, animal sacrifices inside the temple because it's, 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 it's kind of like our convenience stores. It, it, it was convenient for the people, but, but they didn't care about the people. They, were care, they, they, they cared about their pocketbooks. They were, they were wanting that money because they, they loved money. So they were selling sacrifices for a profit. And so Jesus cleanses uh, the temple and, and he, he, he goes off on these people and, 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 and he sets the animals free and, and the people are scattered. And, and Jesus starts to come every day to the temple after cleansing it and and he begins to teach the people who were willing to listen uh, about the ways of God. And and so that's where we pick up in Luke chapter 20. Jesus is inside the temple and he's teaching the people. In verses 1 through 8, it says this, One day, as Jesus was teaching the people and preaching the good news in the temple, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him and they demanded... By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right? And so Jesus says, well, let me ask you a question first. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? And they talked over among themselves, and they said, if we say from heaven, he will ask us, then why don't we believe John? But if we say it was merely human, the people will stone us because they're convinced John was a prophet. So they didn't want to die. And they said the people was convinced that John was a prophet, which he, he was. And, and they, they thought uh, real highly of, of John the baptizer. And so it says, verse 7, they finally replied, well, we don't know. That's what they told Jesus. And Jesus responds to them, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. So the, the religious leaders from all over the region have been trying to back Jesus in a corner for three to three and a half years, ever since his ministry started and, and word about him began to spread after he turned that water into wine in John chapter 2, the very first miracle that he did. And, and, and from then on, all these miracles that he did, it just all throughout the region in the known world in those days, people would hear about this man, who this miracle worker who is teaching with authority from God and, and and these religious leaders they they their power and their prestige see they, they were uh they were like our best athletes 
You know, they were very well respected among their communities. They, they, people looked at them with high honor and high praise and, and they were just in awe of these, uh, religious leaders in their communities. And, and they were very rich. Uh, they had a lot of power. And so here is this guy who, uh, who, it's basically a homeless man who wanders from town to town, from village to village, teaching with a different kind of authority, um, claiming to be God, and and he is God. He is God in the flesh, and these guys have been studying about it. They know the scriptures well from the Old Testament. They, they know uh, the law of Moses, and they taught with the authority of Moses, from the law of Moses, but they knew that God gave Moses the law, so they had a whole lot of respect for the law, but then they had um, they had their um, interpretation of the law, and their interpretation of the law, they have, they have made those interpretations law themselves, and, and matter of fact, they were guilty of making those uh, a higher standard than God's law. And that's why they would always question Jesus and his disciples. Why do you allow your disciples to do this? Why do you allow your disciples to pick grain and eat? And so why did your disciples not wash their hands? It was all uh, uh, against their um, traditions and against their interpretation of God's law. But I say all that to say this. These guys, here, here they have taught about God. They have taught people the ways of God, even though they didn't live uh, what they were teaching, uh, and Jesus pointed that out all through uh, his ministry for three to three and a half years. How, uh, especially in Matthew twenty-three, he pronounces these woes on on the Pharisees and the religious leaders, and he calls them hypocrites. Uh, because, and he tells his disciples, and we've seen this in, in our in, in in the book of Luke. Of, he tells his disciples about how he says, "You you can listen to what they teach, but don't do what they do, because their hearts are far from." God, they they don't live the way that they should, um, and and so Jesus has exposed them over and over and over again, and so they hated. I mean, they literally hated Jesus. They have they have tried to stone him on several different occasions and try to kill him. At one point, they were going to push him. Uh, the people were going to push him over a cliff in, in one city because they 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 hated this guy. He was a threat to their power, to their prestige. And, and people were turning their attention from them and, and, and turning all their attention to him. And, and, and so now Jesus is in, is in Jerusalem. He is on their turf and he's, he's, he's literally there to die for their sins. Even though they're going to reject him, even though they're going to have him by the end of the week nailed to a cross, they're going to have this mock trial and, they, and trump up these charges uh, against Jesus, who is God in the flesh. He is literally there to die for their sins and for our sins, for the sins of of mankind. And and so th- you have the Creator standing there in Jerusalem to die for their sins and these religious leaders who have taught about the Messiah and who have told people the Messiah is coming they literally have the Messiah standing before their very eyes and they have the nerve to tell the creation the religious leaders has the nerve to tell the creator this question who do you think you are and that's it. That's exactly what they asked Jesus in verse two. They demanded. They didn't ask nicely. They demanded. By what authority are you doing all of these things? Who gave you the right? So what they're asking is, is what we would say today to somebody when we confront them. Who do you think you are? You think you're better than me? You think you're better than us? Look at us, these religious leaders who are dressed in this all this religious garbage. Look at how the people respect us in our community. And you're going to come walking in here, riding on a donkey. And you're, you're saying that you are the Messiah, that you are from God, that you're, you are the one who is going to sit on the throne of David and deliver us, the Jews, 
Israel from this Roman oppression. Look, you don't even carry a weapon, dude. Who do you think you are? And 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 to me, it, it, it's almost it it it's almost comical uh, that that they would even ask Jesus this question. But they do, and 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 so I want to take a look just for a little bit about what this idea, this concept of these these people, these religious leaders who think they're somebody. It's funny that the Bible says, Paul says, uh, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. These these guys are fixing to fall and fall hard. They're asking Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who do you think you are? Well. In John 1, 1 through 3, here, here's who John says Jesus is. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word, the logos, the word is, the logos is Jesus. And John says the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was God is what John is saying. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything, everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. And when we go to Genesis 1, when creation started and, 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 and day was separated from night, and you got day 1 and day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5, day 6, and day 7, Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And then in verse 26, I believe it is, of Genesis 1, God says, Let us make man in our image. That is plural, our. The, the Holy Spirit was there. The Father was there. Jesus, the Son, was there. And God spoke things into existence. And it, and, and it, was, it was perfect. It, God saw that it was good. And, 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 and he goes through all this creation process. And John says, Jesus was there from the very beginning of all of that. He was there when God created all of that. And nothing was created without Jesus. And we, it, 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 that's why I say it's, it's almost comical that these religious leaders think that they know more than God himself. In Colossians 1, uh, Paul says, he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So God has revealed himself in the flesh. John says, if you go back and read John chapter 1, down around verse 14, he says, we can literally reach out and touch God. We could reach out and touch Jesus. We could shake his hand. We ate fish with him. And John is writing from a, 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 a firsthand account. He, he, was, he was there. And, and, and he says, we could literally, we, and we did, we hung out with God for three years, God in the flesh. And here's Paul saying, Christ, who is Jesus, the Messiah, he is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Let that sink in for a second. He existed before anything was created, Genesis 1. And Jesus is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So Paul is saying the same thing that John said. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him, through Jesus, and for him. He exi existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He, so he is the first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. And yet, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Jesus, God in the flesh, who are being questioned by these religious leaders, he knew what these guys were thinking even before the thought ever popped in their head. Who do you think you are? He knew they were going to say that before he ever met them. 
He, he knew their names. And he has never met these guys before in his life. And, and, and here, picture this. You have these guys dressed in their religious clothes that, from their power and their prestige. Their, their noses are stuck up in the air so far they can't even you know, see the ground because their heads are so big from the praises that they get from the people and from their large bank accounts and from their power and their prestige, right? And it, it, they're, they're dressed in their, their fancy religious clothes and, and, and they're rich and, and you got this guy who, who's poor. He, he doesn't even own a home. He has no family. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have any kids. He's got these ragtag guys that he has went around and chosen. Uh, these fishermen, these tax collectors, these notorious sinners, they're following him around like he's somebody. He's a nomad. He travels from village to village. His mom is, is, is known or looked at as an adulterer because she was pregnant and, and wasn't even married with when, when he was, uh, uh, when she was with, uh, pregnant with him. Uh, his dad, Joseph, they see Joseph as his dad. And, and so his dad wasn't even royalty, and yet he claims that he's the Messiah, that he's going to sit on the throne of David, and he's going to deliver Israel from their, uh, from her enemies, and, 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 and yet he, he doesn't even carry a weapon. And so they're, they're thinking, who are you? Who do you think you are? Who get, what authority are you doing this stuff? I mean... Are, 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 are you some kind of wacko? Because are, are Jesus is not the first person who claimed that they were the Messiah. There, there have been others before him who claimed to be the Messiah. And that's, that's why, uh, uh, I believe it's in Acts 4, and we've studied the book of Acts. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts, you can go back and listen to it. But in, Acts, uh, in the book of Acts, when the, the church began... And, and uh, the the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders are, are gathering together to discuss about what to do, what's going on with this, with this Jesus movement or people of the way. And, and they say, look, if this is from God, we can't do anything about it. We can't stop it. But if it's not from God, it's going to be just like all these other ones before these guys, this Jesus fella. It'll just fizzle out. So we'll just let it play out. Well, here we are. Over 2,000 years later, and it's still going. It, it hasn't played out, and it's not going to play out. But th- these guys, they've got to be looking at Jesus and this ragtag bunch that's following him around. And they're thinking, is this dude smoking some kind of herb from the wilderness? I mean, who, who, do, who do you think you are? And 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 i got to think, this is exactly what we do today. People who are worldly, who, who don't care anything about God, who many who don't even believe that He exists, and, 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 and they live however they please. This is exactly what they, they're saying to God. Because they, I mean, these, you think about this, Jesus is standing before these people. These religious leaders can physically see Jesus standing there. And he, 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 they know the things that he's done. They, they've heard about the blind man. They've heard the story of Zacchaeus and how he meets with tax collectors. They've heard all of this stuff. And now here is this man right before their very eyes. They could reach out and shake his hand and say, how you doing? They could have a conversation with him. We can't do that. We, we, we have his word and we, we walk by faith. We, we put our trust in God through his word. Because we just read where Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so they could literally see Jesus, and yet they're saying, who do you think you are? And, and, and we have people all over the world today, in our society, in, in our world, who say the same exact thing. Who do you think you are? I know better than you. I, 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 I'm, I'm smart. Look at all these things that I can do. Look at, look at my GPA that I had in high school, that I had in college. Look, look at my gold cords. Look at all this accomplishments that I have. Who, who do you think you are? God? I don't need you. And it, it, it reminds me of, uh, of the time when God has delivered the Hebrew people from Egyptian bondage. You remember they spent all this time crying out to God and they're in slavery. 
and and God hears their cries, and at some point God says, "Okay, Moses, you go in and you deliver them out." And 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 through the help of Moses, uh, God delivers the Hebrew people, and He leads them by a cloud by day and a fire by night, and, and and they've crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They're heading to the greatest blessing that they could ever have into their own land where there's no more slavery and they're going to be free to do whatever and God's going to bless them uh, richly and mightily. And all they have to do is be obedient. But what do they do? They decide that they know better than God because God calls Moses up on the mountain. He's going to give them, uh, give Moses the commandments of how the, the people need to live according to uh, uh, God's standard. And, and how to be pleasing to God. But while Moses is up on the, on the mountain, the people get tired of waiting. And, and so they, they come up with their own plan to be their own God because they don't want to be told how to live. They don't want to be told what to do. And so they take their, their jewelry and they melt it down. They give it to Aaron and he melts it down. And, and Aaron forms a calf. And so they choose to worship a, a, a statue, a golden cow. Instead of worshiping the one true God, Jehovah, the one who had heard their cries, the one who delivered them from Egypt, the one who has brought them out of slavery and is bringing them into the greatest blessing that they could ever have. A land that flows with milk and honey where God would protect them from their enemies and they would just be so blessed and yet they think they know better than God. And they create their own God to worship. Adam and Eve did the very same thing in the Garden of Eden. And we discussed this in previous podcasts. But when they were in the Garden of Eden, Satan comes along and says, Oh, you you will be like God. That fruit over there, you know, I know God said, Don't touch it, don't eat it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you if you would just eat that fruit, you what what would happen is you would be like God. You would know both good and evil. Oh, well, I want to be like God. No, what she's saying is, I want to be my own God. And she took the fruit and she ate it and she passed it to Adam and he ate it. And it's, it's the same thing that, it's the same attitude that people have today. Thousands upon thousands of years later from the Garden of Eden until now, we don't want to be told what to do or how to live. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. We think that we are God. We think that uh, uh, that we know better than God. We can't even see God, and, and 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 we can see these things that are before our very eyes, and and we can't see God physically. And, but and I'm going to read a passage here in just a few minutes. It talks about how we see God all around us, but yet we don't physically see God standing before us like these religious leaders saw Jesus. And so you know we don't need God. Look at what we've accomplished. Without God, I mean, if you if you talk about when when you tell somebody, uh, don't 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 touch that hot stove to a child. Well, what is the child going to do? They're going to be curious and they're going to go touch the hot stove and see what it's like. And then they're going to get burned and then they're going to have a burn on their hand or their arm or whatever whatever part of their skin touched that hot stove. It's going to be burned. And they're going to scream and cry. Why? Because you've warned them and warned them and warned them. And you told them the consequences. But yet they had to go touch the stove for themselves. Why? Because we told them don't touch the stove. Well, that is just human nature. Don't don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me what to do. And and if you're going to tell me uh, how to live and, and what uh, what to do or what not to do, then I'm going to go do that very thing that you said not to do to show you who's in charge, to show you that I'm the boss, to show you that I am my own God. And that's exactly what is, it's what happened in the garden. It's what happened all through the Old Testament. It's what's happening in the New Testament with these religious leaders. And, and, and it's the same thing that goes on in our world Today, we do not want people to tell us how to live or what to do. We think that we're better than God and that we don't need God. I mean, if you think about it, you, you look at technology. 
Look, look at what what has gone on in just in the past hundred years, really, in the past forty to fifty years. And, and you think about it, and you say, "Oh, look how wise man is! Look at look at all this stuff that we have done, and 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 we got the fastest internet, and these nice cars, and uh, just all this techni- technological stuff is it's just amazing." And, and and so we think that you know I remember when I was in junior high, and Apple came out with those computers, and the, and the floppy disks were like eight and a half inches, and, and they had like one game called Oregon Trail or something like that, and then it, it, a karate game came out called Karateka, and you had to uh, defeat the bad guy and try to rescue the prince. It was the coolest thing ever, and you could type in the notes, and it would save onto these big old eight and a half inch floppy disks, and now. Well, you know, we got little jump drives we can plug in, and it's got so much storage on it. It it it, it it's just amazing. You know, then we we have cell phones that that uh, when I was younger they had the supercomputer that ran and all this stuff and saved everything. It was ginormous, and now what we have in our we can hold in our hand is so far advanced than that supercomputer. It, it's amazing that of 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 all these great things that man has accomplished. And so we, we, we see, well, I don't really need God because we can do all of this ourselves. Who, who, do you, who do you think you are, God? That's what the, the religious leaders were saying to Jesus on that day. We, we, are, we know the Bible. We know the Old Testament scriptures. We know the law of Moses, like the back of our hand. We have our uh, traditions. We have our interpretations. And, 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 and so who do you think you are coming in here teaching with authority? Because Jesus was, would say uh, things like, you know, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Who do you think you are? And we do the same thing today. Who do you think you are, God? I don't need you. You're going to tell me how to live how, and, and, and how to be pleasing to you? I don't care. I, don't, I can't even see you. You don't, even, you don't even exist to me. That's the attitude of a lot of people in our world today. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter 1 when Paul writes this. Now think about this with me for a minute. Paul says, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. There is the bottom line right there. God God loves us. And Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God loves everybody. It does not matter what sin we commit, no matter what sin we're committing, no matter what sin we have committed in the past. God loves us. And Paul says, nothing can separate us from God's love. But that doesn't mean we're saved. Don't get those two confused. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't get angry with sin and sinners. Because Paul says, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who, and here's the key, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Well, I got my own truth. This is true. This is absolute truth. This is the standard. And when, when, when in construction, they have what they call a plumb line. And they would drop that plumb line. It's a it's a weight on a line, and when that plumb line is dropped, that line is straight, and all the measurements are made off that straight line. It is the standard. It's the plumb line. And the Old Testament talks about God and and God's word being and what God says being the plumb line that everything is measured from. And 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 that's why a lot of people won't read the Bible. They they because when we read God's word, we see ourselves as we really are. And we don't want to think about ourselves as we really are. We want to think of ourselves as being good and beautiful and and hot and sexy and fine and look at me and and look at this and let me take this selfie and let me let me look at me, look at me, look at me. I am my own God. Nobody can tell me how to live. I have my own truth. And, and hey, that's fine. But my question is, what what are you gonna do? What are we gonna do when we take our last breath and death comes? We can't stop death. Beauty fades, James says. As grass withers, life is a vapor, the book of Hebrews says. We can't stop death. Death is coming. Old age is coming. If we're lucky enough to make it to old age. But what are we going to do when we take our last breath? 
and we're not in control anymore once we cross over into eternity. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Whether you believe this word is God's word or not, it does not change the fact that it is the absolute truth and it is the standard. You either accept it by faith or you reject it and do your own thing. And that's what people do. And that's what these people that Paul's talking about have done. Wicked people who suppress the truth by the wickedness. I don't want to be told how to live my life. I'm going to do my own thing. Therefore, I'm going to suppress the truth. I'm going to take God's word. And I'm, I'm going to just wad it up until I'm going to just suppress it because I don't want to hear it. I'm going to do my own thing. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, Genesis 1, by Jesus who was there, people have seen the earth and the sky. Just recently, we, we've had planets and the moon all right there together. Three planets and the moon. I mean, there's all kinds of, of awesome things are going on in the heavens. And, and Paul is saying, the heavens reveal God. He's made it obvious. People have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Why? Through the heavens, in the the stars, and all of these galaxies. Now that we have these telescopes that man has created, man is knowledgeable, man, there is some wisdom in man than compared to God's. But there's a lot of, of, uh, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, uh, but man is smart. And is, and is becoming smarter each and every day. And so we, we have developed these huge uh, uh, telescopes. We've sent satellites. We've sent rockets through space. And, 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 and they're taking pictures of all of these galaxies. And, and we've got uh, uh, things crawling around on these machines, crawling around on Mars and picking up rocks. And they're going to send it back uh, to Earth. And we can study all this stuff. We, but... It's far more advanced than what these guys had from the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. So Paul says we can clearly see the invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. We do the same thing today. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. We see it today. Nothing's changed. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. And so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Well, this sounds really familiar. They traded. This was written over 2,000 years ago. And he was talking about people who lived hundreds of years before him. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Oh, let's go hug a tree. You know, don't kill that animal because, you know, it has a heartbeat. Even though God created it for food and he makes his plan in his word, don't, don't, don't eat, don't, don't, you know, don't kill the animal. Go hug a tree. We're worshiping the creation instead of the creator. It, it, nothing has changed today. And God Paul says, God has abandoned them to their shameful desires. And he says, even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, see, when we go against God's word, that is when we violate God's standard, that is sin. And we don't want to be told that we're in sin. We, are, we want to be our own gods. So we want to live the way we want to live and do the things that we want to do. But Paul says these people are doing these shameful things. And as a result of this sin, they suffer within themselves the penalty they deserved. Nothing is changed. Look at what's going on in our world today with the LG, whatever they call it, 
blah, blah, blah. The gay and the lesbians and the transgenders, uh, they... We want rights, and, and 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 it's like their their voice is the loudest screaming voice being heard in the United States today, and 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 it's it's just mind blowing. That's all I can say. It's mind blowing, and this has been going on since Adam and Eve ate that fruit in the Garden of Eden. We want to be our own God. We want. We don't want to be told how to live and what to do. We want to live the way we want to live. We want to make our own choices. And we don't want to pay the consequences for those choices. But Paul is saying here, you want to turn from God. If you don't want to listen to God, you don't want to follow uh, this standard that God has given us to live by, which is would bring the greatest blessings to us. Just like the the Hebrew people were going to the land of Egypt, I mean, to the to the uh, uh, the land that flows with milk and honey, to Canaan's land, the promised land, where God would bless them greatly, but yet they chose to make a golden calf to worship. We do the same thing. It, it's exactly what we're doing today. We continue to reject God and His standard, His word, because we want to do what we want to do. And Paul says. As a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud. Uh, and boastful, they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, they break their promises, they're heartless, and they have no mercy. Man, I just described our world today. It's not, we blame God. God. It's not God's fault. It's our fault because we choose to, to, to follow his standard. And he says, okay, you choose to reject me? Then go live your own life and you pay the consequences. And he and Paul says, there, here's your consequences. Paul says, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram. Get on Facebook and other social media. And that's exactly what you see going on today. Social media has just put it in our faces. And people are saying, I'm going to live the way I want to live. It's my choice. It's my body. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like right now, this Roe v. Wade thing is going on. on, It's been leaked uh, that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. and, 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 And these women are having a fit because they think that that uh, they're not going to be able to have an abortion if they want to have an abortion. But really what's going on is they're, they're pat, they're, the, the, the uh, uh, Supreme Court is going to give the power back to the states. And, 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 and so, but, but women are saying, hey, it's, it's my body. It's my right to do what I want to. Well, you, you know what? The reason why you were pregnant to begin with is because you made a choice to go against God's standard. God says don't have sex before marriage. Sex is created by God between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. But yet you want to, women want to sleep with women. Men want to sleep with men. Uh, men sleep with women. People are living together. They're not married and they're having sex outside of marriage. They become pregnant and they don't want the baby. So they kill the baby, which is murder. I mean, call it is what it is. You can call it whatever you want to. But the bottom line is it's murder. And God says, don't kill. Well, it goes back to Moses being up on the Mount Sinai talking to God. God says, you shall not kill. That abortion is murder. And, 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 but, you know, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm squishing. I'm, I'm, I'm taking, uh, God's standard and, and, and I'm just squashing it like a, a piece of paper. I'm suppressing the truth because I'm wicked and I don't want to be told that I'm wicked. I don't want to be told. That abortion is murder. I don't want to be told that sex outside of marriage is sin because I'm my own God and I'm going to do what I want to do without the consequences. But yet consequences come and then we blame God. 
Well, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Well, it's probably because of the sin that we have committed. You know, there's consequences to sin. Yes, sin's fun, but there's consequences to sin. Don't let the devil deceive you. Paul says they refuse to understand, uh, break their promises. They're heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. You see, it's not comical at all when we question God and that we think that we are greater than he is. In fact, it's sad because despite of how knowledgeable man is, no matter how many great things that we accomplish in our lifetime, we still get old. And at some point, no matter how hard we try, we cannot stop death. Our heart is going to beat its last beat. Our lungs are going to breathe its last breath. And life in this earthly tent, this flesh, will be no more. And, and when that time comes, we will step out of this world and into the world we call eternity. Then what? What happens? You see, because in this life, we think we have control. We can make our own decisions and we can do what we want to do. But once we step into eternity, it's out of our hands. We have no control. We are in God's hands. And it doesn't matter if you, you can choose to reject the, the, the idea that God exists. And you may believe, you can tell yourself all you want to, that once we breathe our last breath and our heart beats its last time, that, that we just exist no more, that we just, just go away. But it doesn't change the fact that when we cross over into eternity, we're going to stand before a holy God. And all these first place trophies and all these accomplishments, all these blue ribbons. We, you know, we could find a cure for cancer and, 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 and cure thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. But once we die, God's not going to give us a pat on the back and say, well done. Because what truly matters is when we step into eternity, is that we're either washed in the blood of Jesus Christ or not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. If we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we're going to stand before a holy God, and he's going to say, you know what? You committed a lot of sin. This is what you've done, because everything that we've done is recorded. God doesn't get amnesia and forget our sins. He forgives our sins. There's a huge difference. And, 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 and so God's going to say, you know what? You've done all this stuff, but... The one thing you did right was accept my son and the sacrifice that he made on Calvary's cross for your sins. And for, for that decision that you made, his blood has washed away your sins. And you can enter in into my presence, into heaven, and be with me for eternity. And I hope you've made that decision. But if you have not made that decision and you're not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and you cross over into eternity, you're going to stand before a holy God. And the Bible says several times that you're going to bow before him and you will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is Messiah, that he is the Savior. And he's going to say, but you never chose me and I never had a relationship with you. Therefore, my son's blood is not covering your sins and, and, and since you you have made this decision. You chose to be your own God. You chose to live the way you want to live. And you chose to, to do the things that you want to do and wanted to do. Then I'm sorry, you can't be in my presence. And God is going to separate himself from you for eternity. And you'll never have a second chance. And you will spend eternity with the God that you chose, the God of this world, which is Satan, the devil. Because Jesus even said at this point in time, he is the ruler of this world because he was cast down out of heaven and he is ruling this world and he has duped so many people and he's convinced them that they don't need God, just like he did Eve. You can be like God. You can know both good and evil. You can make your own choice. And that's what we do today. People, so many people choose to be their own God they, they choose to reject 
God's standard, which is absolute truth, so that they can make their own decisions and live the way they want to live and think that they don't have any consequences to their actions. But when those consequences come, they want to blame God, they get mad at God, they get irate with God, and they curse God, a God that they don't even believe in. And it goes back to these religious leaders standing there with God in the flesh, the Messiah, the one they have been teaching about for hundreds of years. They have studied the Old Testament. They have studied the prophecies. And they're pointing people to the Messiah that's coming. And and here is the Messiah in the holy place of Jerusalem. He is coming to their village, into their town, into their city, and he has come to the temple. And he is teaching them the true ways of God and how to be pleasing to God. And yet these religious leaders who are supposed to be pointing people to God and showing the example of God, they are rejecting God himself because of power and prestige And they want to be their own God. And so they ask Jesus, by what power, by what authority do you do these things? Who do you think you are? And and as we end this podcast, that, that, even though we don't have Jesus standing before us, Jesus told Thomas, one of his disciples, when, when he was... Uh, buried he was crucified buried and he was resurrected and he starts making these appearances to the disciples and thomas wasn't there the first time first time or two that he appeared and the the other disciples were telling thomas hey we've seen jesus and thomas like dude y'all are hallucinating y'all y'all are on some kind of drug or something because i ain't believing y'all until i i put my hands in in his hands and see the nail prints in his hands and put my hand to his side where that spear pierced his side i i ain't believing y'all and jesus made thomas wait eight days and eight days later, Jesus appears to Thomas and says, Here's my hands. And here's my side. Go ahead and touch me. This me. And 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 Thomas says, My Lord and my God. And Jesus tells Thomas, he says, Hey, you you believe because you see me. You can reach out and touch me. You did. You see the nail prints in my hands. You've touched my side where it was pierced with that sword. But blessed are those who believe, but never seen. And that's us today. We, we walk by faith. Hebrew, I believe it's Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus ain't popping up in, your, in, in our rooms. Jesus ain't popping up wherever we go. God is not going to reveal himself. He already has. Paul says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We can reach out and touch him. John says we did reach out and touch him. John 1.14. We, we, we saw him. We had conversations with him for three to three and a half years. We ate meals with him. We traveled around with him. And, and despite all the, of history and all the proof that he exists and existed and died on the cross for our sins, people today decide that they want to be their own God and they choose to reject the standard. What is going to be your choice? How are you going to answer that question that the religious leader stood there before Jesus and asked, Who do you think you are, God? Who do you think you are, Jesus? By, by what authority are you doing these things? Are you going to choose to reject Jesus? Or are you going to choose to accept Jesus? To give Him control of your life? Or are you just going to continue to keep control of your life? You've got to make that decision. And I hope you make it before it's everlastingly too late, before you step into eternity to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior and say, hey, God, I've made a mess of these things. I've made a mess of my life. And you know what? When we make that decision and we we put, we put say, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior, and, and we're baptized into a watery grave and we come up out of that water, new creation in Christ, and we're filled with God's Holy Spirit, anything we've ever done in the past is forgiven. It's not held against us by God because we're washing the blood of Jesus Christ and God forgives us of our sins past, present, and future as long as we continue to walk with God. 
I pray that you make that decision today. Don't don't step over into eternity without the blood of Jesus. Hey, you may have done a lot of great things in this world, and 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 you're to be commended for what you have done. You've you've got a lot of great accomplishments. That's awesome. But if you go into eternity without the blood of Jesus Christ, you will be separated for eternity, never to have a, a second opportunity, a second chance to be in a right relationship with God. And you will be with your God, the little G, Satan, in hell, in eternal punishment. Why would anybody make that choice? Choose Jesus today. When we come back in the next podcast, we will continue this thought with these religious leaders asking Jesus, who do you think you are? We'll dig more deeper into that. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grounded Podcast today. And if, if, if I can help you in any way to tell you more about Jesus, uh, to I, I, I would love for you to any, answer any question that you have about the Bible, about Jesus, just email me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will uh, get back with you promptly. And and if you're not local and, and, and we can't get together, I will help you find someone in your area that will show you Jesus, tell you more about Jesus, who will answer the questions that you have. Thank you again for listening today. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast. And keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.